Um, before we uh, actually go and get started with this, I've got to, I have to mention this just quickly. I don't want to take up too much. But when I started to, I don't normally agree to these things because mm -hmm. you never know what the other person is like. But I got, I, I read the, I read the message and I thought, wow, you know, should I do this or not? And I had the, the experience that I normally get. There was like a gentleman that is connected to you that's in spirit was kind of giving me like a thumbs up or, yeah, this guy's okay. So I don't know if there's a person that is connected to you over on the other side, but this individual, it is a male energy, is just kind of like telling me, yeah, this is this is somebody you, you should talk to. This is a person who is getting on their pathway. This is a person who needs to... Um, speak to other people or to connect with other people. Hello, friend. You're listening to the Edited for Content Show, a place where we try to understand a topic by extracting truth from theater. If you like this podcast, let me know, share it, and come back again. A psychic medium, Reiki master, hypnosis practitioner, radio show host, professional card reader, ordained minister and author she left the corporate world in 1999 to enter metaphysics it is my pleasure to have my guest elizabeth harbin how are you i am really well and thank you so much for inviting me to be on your fantastic show it's, it's you it's an honor it's my pleasure i i um, i actually went to um your radio station on um pod or uh remind me what's it called the form the the actual channel yeah. is called make it make it so network yeah but it's on um i frequent with a blog talk radio yeah it's on blog talk it's on i went to blog wow, talk and it was the one where you had the other two with you i actually was i think it was your most recent episode and it was it was I found myself really like kind of getting into it. And I actually got to a point where towards the end, I really didn't kind of realize like the, how much time had gone by. It just seemed like it was instantaneous. And all of a sudden the show was over and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait, we're not, we're not done. <laughs> no, no, not yet. No, not yet. And it yeah. Was that is really, that's the, that's the fastest two hours of our lives. Seriously. It is. It just goes by so quickly and boom, it's over. Yeah. It was, so, yeah. it was great. And, um, so you live in Dallas, Texas. Correct. Were you born there or are you a transplant? Well, I'm a transplant, but I moved here with my family back in 1969. So, and I've lived here longer, so I feel like I'm pretty much a Texan in the sense of the word of Texan. Um, I was actually born in the Deep South, so I have a connection to um, a lot of the things that are all Southern, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I've been here the majority. I, my my professional career and my um, my work career all has been in Texas, and I've lived all over the state. So it's been a it's been a great trip. I enjoy living in Texas. I enjoy water more, but I enjoy where we are. I like the people in Texas. So um, 
I like it being here. Uh, my energy works well here in the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm, yeah. And from what I understand, you know, a nice area and really grounded, connected people. Yeah. Outs- yeah. Yeah. Um, so when did you first, like, feel the touch or, you know, like the the presence of, like, the spiritual plane? Like, when did that really start? Well, you know, it's really... It, it is a it is an interesting story. It is an actual story, and it is a story of um, when I was really young. I had an imaginary friend named Mickey, and I would make my family set a place for Mickey because Mickey was real. I was about four or five, and I, you know, to us in the South, one of the things that you do is you eat, and you, you mm-hmm. share food with your friends and your family. That's what you do. So I would always ask my mom or my grandparents to set a place for Mickey. And then one day, my grandfather said to me, honey, you know that's not real, and you know that's imaginary. Well, Mickey disappeared, and that was it. Mickey was gone. So it wasn't until, you know, my life was going on in its various ways, and I would have moments where I would know things, or I would have, um, things would just happen to me, and I couldn't always explain it. But my mom was very open to this, and she was an outstanding individual to talk to about metaphysics Mm. or anything along those lines, because she, too, loved metaphysics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then I got into the corporate world and I, I realized that working with other people, you you would figure out, you know, I was working as a in, in corporate in banking and you would know whether or not people were actually telling you the truth or not. Like, you know, yeah, I deposited that yesterday and you go, I don't really, you know, I'm not so sure I buy that. And, you know, and you're thinking all these different things. And so when I got into... The close, let's say, towards the end of my career, uh, we had some situations that took place where it's like I knew my grandmother was going to pass, or I I knew my great grandmother was going to pass, or we had different things happen, and I just knew things were going on. And so it was getting close to the point of in my 40s where I knew there was a change coming, and that's when. All of this got started as far as going through to be a professional or uh, to read for other people or doing those kinds of things. So in my 40s and 50s, it was doing nothing but research. What does this mean? I went to as many classes as possible. I talked to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just kind of manifested into what it is today, which is totally different than the way that it started out. But uh, the earliest that I can remember is that particular situation, but I've never been without it. It's always been there in some form. It's always kind of hanging around, at, you know, all my life. Wow. And let me ask you, you said your mom was into metaphysics. Was she, did she practice? Well, if we could have gotten her into it, she would have been outstanding. She She loved to... She loved palmistry. She loved palmistry. Oh. And she would have made a fantastic palmist. And she loved to read cards. Um, she loved to explore with um, automatic writing. She loved to work with what we would call ESP. Now, of course, 
being the age that I am, when we were growing up, what we would do is when the phone would ring, and of course it was literally attached to a wall, you know, we didn't know who was calling, and we would we would throw out, who do you think's calling? And mm-hmm. somebody would go, well, that, I bet that's Aunt Betty, or no, that that's got to be that's got to be pops, or no, that's got to be mom, or whatever. And one of us would be right. I mean, we would go, yep, yep, we win. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew who it was. But she was a a major Aquarian person, had a lot of Aquarian in her her, um, sign and in her houses. And so she was just one of those people who would get all kinds of information. Now, there were a couple of the events that she had that scared her because she was really she was spot on and it scared her to the point where she didn't want to do anything with it and i think that's what happens to a lot of people they get really important messages and maybe they're not ready to hear those kinds of things and when that happens it can stop you in your tracks and you don't want to go in that direction they're or certain things that I don't want to know. I don't need to know when somebody's going to pass. You know, I don't need to mm. know when somebody's going to cross over. I don't need to know that because people are, you know, they have free will. And maybe they maybe they choose something different. And who's to say there's not a miracle that's going to, you know, appear and, and help these people out and those kinds of things. So on that score, I don't need to know that. Right. But she was... And she's still a major player in my life. Uh, She passed, it'll be three years ago, the 19th of this month. And I found something very interesting when we were, you know, emailing back and forth and talking about getting together and talking about this stuff. The thing thing that always ran across my mind was I always get this little message like, you aren't going to talk about me, right? It was like, well, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure somehow, some way, your name's going to be brought into the equation. And so it was like my phone would ding off and on like, are you sure? I could hear her just like, mm-hmm. Dean, are you sure you're going to talk? It's like, yes, mother, I promise you we will. And you did, and you brought it up. And it was like, okay, so now now we've gotten past her, so everything's good now. She's happy, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, and but <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with, first of all, that you recognized at a point in your life that you you had this gift, but like – you know, how do you like, for instance, like, where do you, or how do you learn this, you know, uh, mediumship? Because it's like, you, you know, there's a presence or something, but how did you realize that what it is and, and how to get, you know, the training or the understanding to be able to, you know, to do it on a consistent basis? Well, you have to make a commitment to, to doing it. It's like using a muscle. It is something that you really have to practice with every day. And not a lot of people want to do that. You know, they don't want to have to to do the work. And it's the same way as if you exercise and you're trying to, let's say you're trying to learn to lift weights. Well, you start with the smallest and you work your way up. And then some people continue and pursue it on further and some go, well, you know, I've done that. That's enough. I've, I've had enough. But I have always asked the universe. I've always read books. I've always done the research. My mom was big on research, reading books. She's the one that introduced me to many books that um, that guided me to where I needed to be. There were uh, people that came into my life 
that I was very, very fortunate to have. And I still kind of attribute that to to this amazing um, imaginary friend that I had was that was Mickey. Well, come to find out in my 40s, I had gone to a metaphysical store. And this lady comes out of this office and she said, how would you like to get some information on your past life? And I said, wow, you know, I'd love to, but I don't think I have the money. She said, no, no, seriously, I'll give it to you for free. And I'm thinking, whoa, okay, I'm on, let's mm-hmm. go. So she she brings me into her office and it's, you know, you lay on the table kind of like as if you were going to get a massage. And she just kind of scans over you and she's telling me a couple of things. And did you know you were here and here and, and whatever? And out of the clear blue to me, she says, so do you want to know who Mickey was? And I thought I was going to hop up off that table, and it was like I I wanted to to say something, and I just could only shake my head like yes. And she said, well, Mickey is actually the Archangel Michael, and that's who's been with you all this time, and he's never left you. And so this, this imaginary friend of yours was actually him. Well, then you start doing more research and then come to find out I had like, um, I think it was, we counted up like three near-death experiences when I was like seven, eight, and nine, and somebody intervened on my behalf. And we're, we're, I'm confident that it was actually the Archangel Michael. So my connection to Mickey at an early age may have left my consciousness but unconsciously, we were still connected, and Mickey, which is Archangel Michael to me, is still helping me and introducing me to the proper people. And it is something that you you work on. You, you have to work on your belief system. What is your be- belief system like? You have to be open to uh, new infor- pieces of information. You, but it is something you have to work on on a, on a daily basis. But the other thing is, is that you want to be open to new opportunities. You don't want to just do one thing and do it well, of course, but you want to be open to new ideas. When I started, I was a professional card reader. And I was going to all the major hotels and groups and all that, and we were, you know, dressing up as uh, gypsies and, <laughs> you know, doing the entertainment circuit, and we were doing in ballrooms and you name it. You know, there would be like 30 of us, and we were scattered throughout different places, and I've read for the major hotels in Dallas and in Fort Worth. And it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a great experience. I loved having, you know, that look when you would throw something down and people would look at it and you you would say something and their eyes would get really, really big. And it was like, no, no, it's, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Oh, it's good. And I would work with my mentor. I had a I had a mentor. I got to where I would go and see her so often to read cards for me that I could read them upside down. And she said, you know, I think you need to take this class and and learn to read these cards and do this on your own. And it was like, well, okay. And then that led into all these other things. And it was like in my 40s, it was like the opening of all these different doors. So, you know, I took hypnotherapist uh, classes. I became certified in that. Uh, In Texas, before you can do much of anything, you have to be an ordained minister. So I became an ordained minister, 
and there were just all these other possibilities that opened because of the pursuing of um, metaphysics. And believe it or not, Texas really has a really good metaphysical community. It's very certain places are very open to to that. And so it was very, very fortunate. Wow. So I've had a lot of help. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know, it's you know, some great opportunities in there, and um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of impressed with Texas is that um, embracing uh, that much of the the metaphysic culture. Like uh, that's a shock, kind of surprising to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It really is. Um, there wasn't a lot of it. Wasn't really a major thing to talk about like say in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. but in the 80s when there was more metaphysical stores when there were more opportunities for people to get together when more people were moving in from not the actual state of texas but from different aspects of Tex and texas and one of the best places when we talk about diversity is houston and i have lived in houston myself and it is it's there are so many cultures. There's so many different opportunities. There's so many different uh, modalities that are embraced through that location. And Dallas is becoming another one. Dallas is more like you're getting in, into an, a college. And a lot of people move to Dallas, and then they have their life experiences. And sometimes they get divorced. Sometimes they pass. Uh, sometimes they get married and have children and move on. And usually as a rule for me as, as working with these people as clients, when they've kind of learned their lessons that they need to, they move on. They move literally out of the state and they go to all these different places like Arizona or California or up into Washington State or on the East Coast, you know, various different places. So Texas is kind of like the center where people can come to learn what it is that they need to learn and then go on. So I said, well, why am I still here? (laughs) Why am I still here? Well, you must, there must be a reason, right? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, there has to be something. Um, Yeah. So early, so I was going to ask you a question, but in a way you kind of already answered it when you had somebody, um, you know, a male figure in my life come to you because I was going to ask if a person needed to be kind of in close proximity, but apparently that's not the case. Yeah, you you really don't have to. A lot of people were, well, you know, we're learning because of technology. Mm-hmm. We are learning that we can reach out to people. We're, we're learning that it doesn't have to necessarily be face-to-face anymore. And COVID was a big um it was a big perspective of a lot of people's lives. So my business kind of went down a little bit in the very beginning because they, you know, most of my clients would be uh, in person. But I was using Zoom a long time ago. And the reason is, is because my clients are not just in the United States. I have clients all over the, the globe. So it's different. I can talk to these people whenever we need to. So I was very comfortable with that. But... The more I am pursuing this and learning how to do this and recognizing different things, I realized very quickly that spirit can communicate with anybody as long as somebody is willing to answer the call. You know, it's part of it is will you answer that call? I had a client 
Um, I had a well. Let's let's ref, let me rephrase that. I had a friend who works with her best friend, and that best friend <clears throat> was very upset because her friend's husband had just passed, and nobody knew what was going on. So my friend calls me and she said, "Can you send a prayer to so and so? She has just lost." Her best friend has lost her husband. I said, sure. Well, the next thing I know, I feel like this presence is here, and it's like what I hear is this. Oh, my God, if you can hear me, I must be dead. And I kind of like turned around from my desk, mm. and it was like, okay, so I'm not quite sure who you are, but let's see if we can't figure out what's happening. So we get in touch with my friend that originally got in touch with me, and I said, okay, here's my information. You can give this to your friend. She can give it to the wife of this guy. So we just went through the, you know, different things. Mm -hmm. So I did not have to be connected to the actual wife to get the information because her connection to the friend, who was also connected to my friend, got in touch with me. And that's when I knew we are all so connected that we, we don't need to be in the other person's presence. What we need to do is to be willing to be open. And, of course, I told him, absolutely, I will be glad to relay your message. That is not a problem. And the message was, you know very personal and private and it was what this lady needed to to get over because this guy was totally healthy great guy and it was very unexpected and even he wasn't expecting it and he's kind of going around what the hell happened it's like yeah i get it i you know i understand but i also recognize they also have the same questions we do is what is going on here nobody's talking to me it's like well but he was very you know it's like okay i get it you know, there's not much I can do. I said, well, you can always, you know, help her and tell me what it is that I need to tell her so she can she can have a better understanding of whatever it is that you can understand. When when there's a death and it's a shock, it, there's not there is no consoling people. It's you you know you're in grief, you're angry, you go through the emotions, and one day I'm hoping that she will. Um, go back and reread whatever it is that we've written out for her. And I hope that brings her comfort because that's my main goal is to bring either closure or comfort or a message that, Hey, you know, you're doing a great job and they know it on the other side. And let's, let's have a communication. Let's start a conversation with these people because they're wanting to be heard in some cases. Some people will just flat tell me it's none of your business. Oh, wow. <laughs> that happened on the, that happened on the radio show not that long ago. Uh, this lady called in, and she wanted to get a message from her husband. And, and, you know, there was three of us, and we were talking. And I said, well, I've got to tell you truthfully, what I'm getting from him is, you know what, lady, it's none of your business, and I'm not telling you anything. And so that's what I told her. I said, well, this is what we get. And she said, yep, that's my husband. He won't say a thing. And he was like, well, I'm glad you made that as a you know, confirmation because he's not saying a word. <laughs> and so it was like, you know what, if he was a jerk in person on earth, I think he's still a jerk over there too. So nothing changed. He He's not saying anything. So that's that, to me that was exciting though because, oh, yeah. you know, we're finding out you don't just go – you don't just – 
release this physical body and become a cherub or an angel mm. or some fairy of some sort. You are still doing work. You're still you still have the opportunity to to help people. You still have the opportunity to be connected to a family. And when let's say you there's say there's a famous person. Mm-hmm. And this person dies, and you go, oh, my God, I feel like one of the family died. Well, what we're discovering is that that's part of your soul group. So we may not oh. know each other. We may not have talked to each other. They don't even know who we are. Okay. But we were so connected to that person that it just touched us in a way that we go, oh, my God. Um, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Mm-hmm. We, our family was connected to him just big time. We loved this guy. We loved his energy, his enthusiasm, his love for his children, his his wife, his family, all that. Mm-hmm. And when he died, oh my God, all of us, all of all of my family, what we were just like, oh, we need to go to the funeral. That's how bad mm-hmm. it was. Oh my gosh, this was terrible. But then we, you know, as we go on, we learn that's part of our soul group. And in many ways, um, that that's really great to know. We need to know that we're connected to other people. We're really not alone. We are connected to other people. So, like Steve Irwin, have you ever had anybody famous or you know anybody that you know, of any notoriety get in contact with you? The only person that I've actually had come through was um, Harry Anderson. And the only reason that he came through is because (laughs) I was doing a Halloween seance and we had a a very small group and a particular person in the group, her brother was connected to him, which I had no idea. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure Harry had actually passed. I mean, it was kind of like news to me. And so I'm having to describe this person. I'm saying, well, this guy's really, really tall. I, I know he was in show business, and I know uh, he must have had like a, a – he's showing me like a robe of some sort. Oh, my God. You know, I'm thinking it must be um, – okay, I'm just going to say it. I feel like this is Harry Anderson. Man, the room got really, really quiet. <laughs> it got really <laughs> quiet. And the person that I was looking at, kind of throwing that out there to them, just kind of grinned from ear to ear and said, that message is is for my relative. And it was like, okay, so let me just, let me tell you what he said. And it was blah, blah. And it was like, I have an Emmy and you don't, and, you know, nah, nah, nah. And it was like, you know, he's still, the humor is still there. The, the information is still there. They are still witty when they need to be. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't come around and go, hey. Hi, Elizabeth, just checking in, you know, how you doing? He, you know, that doesn't happen. But when you're around those kind of people and the question would come up, then they do. And I have a rule here at the house. I don't need for you to come and visit me just to visit. You know, you really don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, because my, my life would be absolute chaos and don't bother me after a certain time and don't wake me up just to wake me up. You know, I have hours for them to get in touch with me. So like my hours are nine o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. And then after that, that's my own time. I don't need you to be hanging around or, you know, make sounds or knocks or, you know, those kinds of things. You have this, I didn't even think about this. So you set some boundaries in 
so that you could still have a life because essentially sure. you would just be conducting or, or speaking to the those on the other side constantly. All the time. Absolutely. So when we when when I know I'm going to be doing, say, a podcast, mm-hmm. what I try to do is to be open to the person that is actually doing the podcast, like for you. And so there were a couple of moments where, okay, yeah, I'll let I'll let him know, or yeah, we'll relay that message. Um, they didn't want to throw out a lot, just a little, and that's okay. I I'm totally on board with that. And then you just kind of tone it down because if there's a specific message that needs to go to an individual, you want to be open to that to help that individual out. But you also don't want to overload a person with information. You want it to be where they get it, they understand it, and they go, you can either, you know, accept or not, and that's okay too. You know, there's there's no there's no set rule that says, oh, and you have to believe all this. Well, no. Be very, very, be, you know, watch, watch, listen, feel, understand, get your message. If it rings true with you, then that's great. If it doesn't, that's great too, because it wasn't meant for you. Because not everybody is going to get their information from me. I don't have enough hours in the day for that. Mm -hmm. That's why I think there's so many more people um, getting into this profession or doing it from the, let's say, from their pathway perspective, because there are so many people that need closure. There are so many people Mm. that need some sort of, um, well, let's put it like this. In some cases, there's a lot of children that are passing. Mm, yes, and it's it's very violent. And what we're what we're what we're expressing to people is, in some cases, these people need to have closure. They need to know that their children are really okay on the other side. And parents can feel like total failures because I I left the door open. I I had to have been the one that created the situation. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, we find out, no, it wasn't your fault. This had nothing to do with that. This individual, this young child is experiencing something that they needed to experience. And then you needed to experience this as an adult or as the the parent. Mm. This is This is a definite lesson learned. And then hopefully they will take that information and they will share it with other people. And the fact that, yeah, let's all get together. Let's let's discuss this. Let's do therapy. Let's let's think about what's going on here. If you can get to that point, but there will always be a hole there. You know that we're not saying that we're going to give you information and it's going to heal you, or that it will take away anything from the grief aspect. No, that won't be. That's not true. Not in my case. But what I can give you is the information of, hey, this is what this kid is saying. They're still, they're still riding their bike, or hey, they're, they're still okay. The, there's a motorcycle here, you know. There's a motorcycle mm-hmm. going on. He's like, yeah, they love motorcycles. Oh, that is fabulous. Well, they're still doing it. Still making noise. You're listening to Edited for Content, separating truth from theater. In like a such earlier, you're talking about like when there's you know especially if there's like a group of kids something happens that's you know tragic. Yeah. When you yeah. get a situation where you're trying to connect with somebody who may or may not been in a group situation, do you get like all of the spirits trying to come through, or 
you know, or is it the one you're looking for? Is there kind of like a, some that kind of, you know, step on the toes and take advantage of the situation saying, Oh, since you're connected, would you mind talking to X, Y, Z or whatever? Yeah. There, that can happen in a family situation. There was, um, there was a lady I was, um, talking to and we were trying to get in touch with, I believe it was her mom and her aunt would not shut up. Her aunt had already crossed over. Her grandmother was in spirit. Her mom was in spirit. Gee, I mean, half of her family was in spirit. And this this aunt would just not shut up. And it's like, in my mind, I'm going, you need to just hold on a second. You know, this is not your turn. We're trying, you know, we're trying to talk to somebody else and blah, blah. And just back off, lady. You just need to. And so I finally said, okay, look, let me let me just tell you what's going on. I've got an aunt, or it feels like an aunt. It is someone who feels like they're very close to you. She's telling me, hey, that's my kid. But it still feels like an aunt. And she said, oh, my God, she practically raised me. I just didn't mm. think it you know, was time for her to come through. I'm going, oh, yeah, she's coming through big time. And then you have people that won't speak up who will stay back in the background to allow other people to come through. But if they were bossy in life and they were pretty headstrong and they were somebody who would take over the conversation and be very dominant, they they still can be. They can still do that. But I try to tell them, let's be kind, you know, let's be nice. And then sometimes I've just told them, okay, you know what, your time's up. You're done. We're We're done with you. We need to talk to somebody else. You know, we can do that. Oh, because because another thing I was going to ask is, you know, like say you were trying to to get to your mother, and you keep getting your father or vice versa. So that can happen if, especially if there's a dominant spirit, then you Mm -hmm. you could actually end up with a, a different relative than what you were seeking. Oh, absolutely. You can. And some people, like I said, some people just have absolutely nothing to say to you. Um, another client that I had, her husband passed in January and she said, do you get anything from him? And I said, well, okay, I'm just going to have to tell you what I hear. And she said, okay. I said, I look, and I looked at her and I said, I have absolutely nothing else to say to you. And she, she had this look of, okay. And she said, well, you want me to tell you what happened? I said, if you want to, absolutely, please do. She said, my husband was in hospice. I had gone to see him, Mm -hmm. and I had said to him, so-and-so, I love you. Now, do you have anything to, to say to me? And she said, he looked right at her and said, I've absolutely nothing else to say to you. And shortly thereafter, he passed. Oh, He's still there. He's still in that mode. Nothing has changed. He is still there. And I said, well, you know, for for both of us, it's a confirmation. Yeah, we know it's him. But secondly, he really doesn't have anything to say to you at this point. You know, right now, there's nothing to say. I, wow. I didn't, you know. I know. Because initially I'm thinking, wow, what a jerk. And, but no, that's what he, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that was my first thought. I'm like, really? You get in touch and this is what you're going to tell me? But it's that connection. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And he really was. And unfortunately, he really was kind of a jerk in real life. So, you know, he just kind of held true to the to the aspect of, you know, she called him a couple of choice words. And it was like, well, yeah, I have to agree with you on that because, you know, he's not being very helpful. But 
I also want to stress that if that's how they feel, then I respect what they're saying. And if they're telling mm-hmm. me, hey, girl, this is none of your business, yes, sir, it is none of my business, and I'll leave you alone. We will go on to the next. But I will also let them know. And then there are moments where I get absolutely nothing. There is absolutely no energy coming through at all. And I I almost kind of believe that maybe they've gone into another whatever, a dimension of some sort, maybe further away from us. And Mm, we're just not, I'm not able to communicate with them. It doesn't mean that somebody else on this planet is not more evolved that could, because I'm sure there are. But for me personally, but, you know, if I don't get something, I don't get it. I don't want to make it up. I don't Mm want to just say, well, you know, blah, blah. Well, no, that doesn't serve a purpose. And I try to work with people as much as possible to to help. But then there's some that just like, oh, my goodness, you know, they'll talk forever and they'll say, hey, I'm going to help you find your husband or, hey, I'm going to help you do this. (laughs) And you're going, oh, you know, that might be a little too much information to let me know about that. I will let them know, but (laughs) I don't need to know. You know, I don't need to know this. It's like, okay, yeah. So there's TMI on the spirit side as well. Is that what (laughs) you're trying to tell me? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, (laughs) hey, you know, I don't need visuals. Thank you. Exactly. Let's go on. Yeah, yeah. So when you have these connections, I mean, Mm -hmm. and, and you're, you know, getting to a point where they're really sharing some amazing stuff, which can make you feel slightly uncomfortable. Have you Mm -hmm. ever had an experience where you had something that the energy that was coming through or the message that was coming through was so dark or so concerning that it it concerns you and kind of bothered you? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've had it in real life. Um, I had a friend who, um, I did not know this at the time, but her husband had passed. This, gosh, this was back in the 90s. This uh, individual was not a very nice person at all. And I actually, that was my first encounter with absolute black energy Mm. where you can see even in the dark, it's blacker than black. You can actually tell that there's something there, even in the dark. Oh. And I said to that that mass or whatever, I know who you are. You are not welcomed here. And so in my mind, I'm calling Archangel Michael. I'm calling God. I'm calling Jesus. I'm calling Buddha. You name it. I called him. You were phoning a and friend. I'm, absolutely. Can I buy a vowel <laughs> for that, please? Let me just anything. And they, you know, I could feel the protection. I could feel the, okay, we're good. This is fine. And I knew then, girl, you you have to be careful. You really need to be protected most of the time, if not all the time. And so when I got the phone call that he had actually passed, it was like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, they, that is real. That energy is real, and it is something to, to be aware of. It is something to know of because, you know, it's true. Without darkness, we're not going to have light. But without oh, light, yeah. we're not going to have darkness. We have to have both. That's that's part of our being as well. Some people have a tendency to live in the dark, and that's that's their lesson. What I try to do is live in the light and recognize that there is darkness. You know, we mm-hmm. we do have it. It's very obvious. Um, that's wow. part of the the lesson. But 
There was another, a couple of instances, I'm also part of an investigative team here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called uh, Crossings Paranormal Research. And there's been a couple of times where we've had encounters where we've met negative energy. And it's, it's like, I know you're there. I'm not going to mess with you. I'm not, you know, this is not something of me trying to intimidate you or antagonize you. I'm aware that you're there. Mm-hmm. Very uncomfortable, though. You know, it can it can be extremely uncomfortable, and it can make you sick at your stomach. It can give you a really bad headache. You have to really be aware of these things. And so you leave, you know, you try and leave that stuff alone. Mm-hmm. But you have to be aware that it does exist. I mean, we do know that it does, but I'm not going out there going, hey, you know, here I am. No, no, we don't do that. No. So that's something we don't do. I have to ask because you brought it up about going and doing these, you know, you're part of this team and going to do this um, where you, you know, at at locations and different things. Mm -hmm. So do you think, and, and I just thought of this because I'm thinking of like, you know, when I was a child and I'm sure you can relate to this as well. Our phones didn't have cameras. There wasn't cameras every 15 feet of your life to capture all yeah. this amazing stuff. But I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen some of the videos where like kitchen cabinets just do really weird, funky things or lights or whatever the case may be. So is that what you guys go out there and look into or, or try to connect with? Like if somebody has a situation or something that's just, really giving them the willies like they move into a new house or or how does that work well for our particular group we we get people get in touch with us and they will say hey there's something going on here i'm not quite sure what it is can you guys come and check it out and we go yeah sure but the first thing we do is we start doing research like is the is this ground that their house is built on is it sacred who lived there before did somebody mm. die in this house? Did somebody commit suicide in this house? What happened? Mm. Um, you know, you go through and you do your research first. And then you you kind of go, okay, we've been checking this out. We've checked that out. And then you go and you do your investigation. And then you set up different things. Not to antagonize anything, mm-hmm. but to just see who or what is creating this situation sometimes it can actually be children especially if they're under the age of 10 these kids unbeknowing to themselves can actually be so open that they can actually bring in different things and you know i'm very fortunate in the fact that my imaginary friend was was um spirit based from an angel perspective Okay. Uh, some children may not have that opportunity. Something could really be dark and, and trying to mess with them, and we do not want that to happen to these children. And so we, if it if it involves children, we are doubly quick on the spot because we want to make sure we can help them. But we also want to not encourage it as, yeah, it's all it's all paranormal, and right, right. it's really not. You know, your house is settling. <laughs> and because your oh. house is settling, that door will not okay. shut, you know, or the, ha- the all of a sudden the door will close. Why is that? Well, you know, the air conditioning vent actually is right across from the door. And when it kicks on, it actually pushes that door closed. <laughs> There's you know? a solid so, explanation for this, just so you know. Okay. 
Absolutely. But you do not want to disregard. You don't want to treat people like, uh, you know, there's something wrong here. No, we go with the intent of we will give you our best possible collection of information. Mm -hmm. We will give you a suggestion as what we think you could possibly do. Uh, we're not like some of the groups on TV that just kind of leave you hanging. We we want to provide you with, here's some of the tools that you can use. Here are people that we can get in touch with that will get in touch with you. Um, we make our own assessments. It's um, You have to fill out a detailed uh, diagram of who, what, where, when, how come, how long, blah, blah. You know, it's mm -hmm. like five, six, seven pages long. Oh, wow. So you want to make sure people are not just messing with you, mm -hmm. you know, from that perspective. But we want to make sure if there is something where we don't want to miss anything. We want it to be as thorough and as accurate as possible. Mm -hmm. And the group is small. You know, it's a very small group. But we, I, I go because of what I can hear or there are certain situations where they're thinking it's one thing and it can actually be something else. And in the, the house we're getting ready to do an investigation on, mm -hmm. you know, we've already been to that location. They don't know this, but we've already been to that location. We've looked around on the outside. What do we pick up? Uh, is there something we need to know? Uh, is there a cemetery close? Is there water nearby? Oh. And we have discovered all this amazing information. And the thing that I was getting was, I think a mom has passed, and she's trying to get in touch with these people. Well, come to find out, one of the residents has lost both of their moms. You know, she lost her mom, oh. and then the husband lost his mom, and they're actually trying to communicate with them. And that is not to be scary. It's to let them know, hey, she's letting you know I'm watching over you. Well, we haven't had the opportunity to let her know that yet. So there's, there's different things you want to bring in. Um, we try not to overwhelm people, but we, we use the same kind of techniques in some cases. We use a lot of the same equipment as ghost hunters or ghost adventurers, and, but we don't antagonize people. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to go there and go, okay, you know, say yes or no. Right. We will leave the door open and say, okay, you can let us know if you want to, yes or no. And if you don't want to respond, then that's okay, too. And we will, you know, leave this particular spot, and that's okay, too. But like I said, our job is not to to create a problem. It is to resolve a problem. But you can you can have people uh, – I've seen some of those videos mm -hmm. of paranormal caught on tape. And this one guy over in Europe, over in the U.K., and his whole – apartment was just you know glasses were flying out of the cabinets and dishes were flying and then knives started going Ooh. across the board you know what dude my suggestion to you is get out of there oh i know <laughs> that's my suggestion because sometimes it can be more than the group is is either able or qualified to handle because it becomes mm -hmm. a dangerous situation and you certainly don't want to throw people into more problems but this particular dude man he just he did he, no was not not an answer for him he was still there and he was using a i think he was using a glass on a ouija board he was sitting at his kitchen table and that glass exploded oh. and it was like gosh dude how many people need to come to your house to tell you get out but you know so like, is okay is, is that something or is that 
I mean, because like, you know, I've lost loved ones and I know that, you know, we were always told that you, you know, light a, um, like some sage and you leave a window open and, you know, to try to, but in a situation where you have, where you guys find something that needs to, to go or to leave, I mean, is there, um, do you guys have that power? Do you have that methodology to kind of help cleanse that? spirit out of that situation you know like like for instance the child you know is there methods that you can use to help help them along Mm -hmm. yeah there's 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 plenty of tools that are available uh the main tool is the parent talking to the child you know that is the the best tool possible because we don't want to influence the child we want the parent to be um as tender as possible to let them know, yes, we understand there's a problem and we're going to try and take care of it, but we need your help as well. And then having the parents involved so that the child is not frightened because the child's picking up everybody's energy and they don't know what to do. It's like, I don't, do I trust you or not? You scare me, but not, I, you know, my mom scares me, but not, what am I going to do that those kind of things are happening? Mm-hmm. But there are banishing sprays. There are things that you can do. There are things that I use in my house when I was having, you know, people come over before you came into the house, you would actually be crossing the threshold that had sea salt. You know, I threw sea salt in front of the the doorway. I had an incense stick going for, you know, the the idea that they would have to walk through it to get in inside to the house. Mm. Um, I have been fooled a couple of times where I let my guard down and, um, this particular person was just, you know, I knew, I knew I shouldn't have let them in. I just, I knew afterwards I should not have done that. And I got really, really sick afterwards. And it was like, I can't blame anybody but myself. You know, I knew better, mm-hmm. but sometimes you go, yeah, but no, I shouldn't, I should have done something different. Yeah. I should have protected myself better. Yeah. But you can use Native American techniques. You can use mm-hmm. spiritual techniques. Um, you can get holy water if you're, you know, of the Catholic nature. Um, I'm not necessarily a person of religion, but I do know that there is a higher power. I do believe in Jesus. Um, I do believe that uh, major people have been on this earth and are giving us tools that we can use. Mm-hmm. And I keep the um, St. Um, St. Michael medallion or St. Benedict medallion with me. Uh-huh. Uh, I keep sage with me. I keep what we call Florida water, which is uh, really good for blessings. And actually, Florida water is a is a Spanish-American aftershave that they discovered hmm. actually works in cleansing. So before you would read for a person, you know, I have it in a spray and I spray my hands and rub my hands together and clap three times like, you know, bam, bam, bam. It's like, okay, now we're ready for your, you know, we want to read your cards or we're, we're running to read your energy, you know, whatever's coming up next. So we can do that. But yeah, there's a lot of things that we can do. And the main thing is to get the, the people that are at the location on board mm-hmm. so that they recognize this is your space. And you have total control over this space. And you need to let them know this is not acceptable. We do not accept it. Or we understand you're not causing any harm. We understand this was your house. We understand that you're just letting us know that you're still here. 
uh, if they're not harming or doing anything, they're not creating a problem, those kinds of things. A lot of people just say, well, you know, that's our ghost and we're just going to protect our ghost. And that's, you know, that's the old man of the sea or that's mm -hmm. uh, that's grandma. And she just wants to say hello. And this is this was her house. And sure, of course, we're going to let her be here. You know, she she has memories here. She's comfortable here. She feels safe here. And we certainly don't want to to disrupt other people from the other side unless they're mm. disruptive. And if they're disruptive, then, yeah, there needs to be a boundary set like, hey, you know what? I think I think it's time for us to go. And and we, we work that way as well. Oh, see, that's I mean, that's great. And it's great that you're in most cases able to help people the way you do. Um, I have one last, and it's probably the most important question that I have been dying to ask you since I first got uh -huh. in contact with you. Okay. This is the big uh -oh. one. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Do dogs have spirits? Yes, they do. And they do cross the rainbow bridge. And <gasps> not only do they do that, they can also come back. There was a radio episode. This guy had gotten in touch with us. I think it was like either it's probably Psychic Night or yeah, I think it was Psychic Night. And we were discussing with this this amazing guy, and he was talking about he had um, his dog was named Roxy, and she had passed. And something about whatever and and blah blah, and all three of us made a comment about it. And I just got out, you know. I think his name was Michael. I said, you know, Michael, I think what what happened was Roxy, your dog, was actually your mom in spirit. And then we had like a, a technical glitch, and mm -hmm. I'm looking at Luann, and she's looking at Carrie, and she's looking at me, and we're talking to Michael on the you know on the phone. And it was like, uh, well, we don't know what that was, and so we go through the end of the show and blah blah. Mm -hmm. The next day, all of us get a text message from Michael that said, you need to go back and listen to the show. Go to, like, whatever the number was. And we do. We go back and listen to it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I said, I think your mom was actually – I think she came back to you as Roxy. And you can hear this dog bark just as clear as if that dog had been in the actual uh, studio. And I'm blown away. Oh, Carrie's blown wow. away. Luann's blown away. And we're going, wow, that was the best EVP ever. <laughs> it was really the best EVP ever. And you go, thank you so much for letting us know. This was exciting. I mean, that was like, wow. And so what had happened was he had a really bad situation. His mom died at a very early age. He had Roxy come in, which was his dog, had stayed with him for 10 or, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. Mm -hmm. But it was like immediately after his mom had passed. And he said, I just felt such a connection to her. Well, then it was like, yeah, that was like his mom trying to tell him. It was me. It was the mm -hmm. dog. That was me. And it was like holy cats so when that bark came into oh, play yeah. we knew hands down wow you know what that that is letting us know so the idea there was a movie that came out i cannot remember the name of it but it was the dog that kept returning and the oh, dog kept you know envisioning and coming yeah back. um i don't think it was dog's life i think it was something else but i, I think i know what you're talking about yeah there was a movie where yeah. that happened yeah yeah yeah, it's the same kind of concept. It's the same kind of 
I didn't really I wasn't real sure about that. You know, I've I've heard from religious mm-hmm. perspectives that dogs or cat or animals, it's just say animals, do not have souls. And I'm going, oh, you know, I just don't agree with that. Not anymore. I don't agree with that because I've heard too many animals come through. Oh yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I've heard too many animals say, um, I don't think so. Or, hey, you know what? I never liked her when she had me. I'm not talking to her now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it had to be a cat. Cats, <laughs> cats have attitudes. They have gonna... attitudes. Oh my God, they have such attitudes. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think I want to talk to her today. Thank you, but no. And you go, okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine. Whatever you want, we'll we'll abide by that. Well, and if nothing else, that is proof positive of what you said earlier about if you're, you know, you're kind of a jerk in life, you might be a jerk in in the other side. That doesn't surprise me one bit about cats. It's like, yeah, I I didn't really need her. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you know, she she fed me well and I had my own space and it was pretty cool. But, you know, I don't really have anything to, you know, like meow. Just tell her meow. It's like, okay, that was rude. Right. I'll tell her meow. Great. Thank you so much. Not like, thank you for everything you did for me. No, just meow. It's like, okay. (laughs) Then that's cats what I will tell attitudes. her. That's cats what I will with tell attitude. Her. Cats with attitude. Yeah. Elizabeth Harbin, how do we mm-hmm. find you? Where do we locate you? What do you got next? Well, what I have next is um, actually I'm getting ready to. I am a producer for um, one of our shows that's coming out. It's called Tarot Theater, Ooh. and that's going to be on tonight. Uh, to get in touch with me, it's really, really simple. You can go to Facebook and look up Elizabeth Harbin Psychic. I'm on Facebook. You can text me at 214-454-0072. You can email me at elizabethharbin.me at gmail.com. And um, our radio uh, station is Make It So Network. And it is on Blog Talk Radio, and it is a live uh, call-in. We would love to, you know, have people give us a call. I think we have like nine shows, eight or nine shows. Now, we're going to have a new show, though, and this might be something um, interesting to your, your, your listeners is we're going to have a new show called Mediumship Monday. And in Mediumship Monday, we are going to devote strictly to people that have crossed over. We're not going to be asking or answering like psychic question. What about my love life? And is it time for me to move or you know, is it time for me to do other things? It is strictly for those people that have crossed over. Oh. And it's a two-hour show, and we were opening it up to where uh, people that are trying to call in to get messages from their loved one, this is your opportunity to do so. You can actually – there is a venue for you to go to to make that happen, and hopefully that will – can, uh, give oh, some resolution. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's man, you are so busy. But of course, that's you have this gift and you, and you're getting it out there. And I think that's amazing. Amazing. Excuse me, Elizabeth. I once again, I can't thank you enough. You are always welcomed on the show to talk about anything, anytime. Well, you just give me a give me send me an email and I'm there. Not a problem. And I wish you absolutely. I I told him this earlier, people. <clears throat> 
He is definitely going to be a success in this show. Please listen to him. He has so much to offer. There's so many wonderful people he's going to be inviting on the show, and this is just going to be super awesome. I, I can't wait to see you grow and produce more. Elizabeth, you hear I, – I, I don't need more of an endorsement for the rest of my life than that. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm going to tell you what, that I'm going to play this on an, on like the 500th episode anniversary edition. And I'm going to be like, and she called it. You need to call her. <laughs> hey, this is fantastic. But seriously, you know, your energy is just so genuine. And there were so many people on the other side going, Hey, you need to listen to this guy or you need to talk to him because you know, we're being in, in our profession, you and I both, Mm-hmm. You never know who you're going to get on the other end. No. You know, you you think you know who you're talking to, and then all of a sudden they show up and they go, oh, my God, what have I done? That was just not the best call ever. And <laughs> it's like, oh, what have I done? But in this particular case, I just knew that this this was something that needed to be because I could feel it. You know, you just – you feel it. You know what's right. And these people are going, yeah, help this guy out. And going, absolutely, we will do that. We will make it happen. Well, and I do appreciate it. And I and I, I have no doubt that, that you are right. And I really appreciate that. Um, Elizabeth, I look forward to um, the show that's coming out. Um, the one – are you recording – so are you recording your live one tonight? Or is that – you're not doing the radio tonight. Yeah, it's actually going to be on Blog Talk Radio. Oh. And what what it's going to be is it's called Tarot Theater, and what happens is we have a really amazing astrologer, mm-hmm. and what he's doing is he's getting the feel, let's say, of, of let's say the universe. And what he's doing is he's asking specific questions or he has a theme Mm -hmm. and you're invited to join in through Zoom. You can actually go into Zoom. He puts a number out and then you can call in to the radio station through Blog Talk Radio. So Mm -hmm. it'd be make it so it's blogtalkradio.com forward slash make it so network. And then you can actually call in at 352 uh, no, that's wrong. You would call what's our what's our see, I don't call myself enough. You would call five six three nine 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 three six nine seven. Okay. And you could actually hear the show and then they will say, Okay, caller what you know, one, two, three, four. What is your thought on this particular question? Here's the tarot card. They use tarot cards. What uh-huh. does that mean to you? How do you feel about that card? And you don't need to know anything about tarot. It helps, yeah, mm-hmm. but it's more what is your feeling on this? How do you feel about that? Do you feel like that's a good card, or what do you think's going oh, on? Okay, and it's on Thursday nights. Uh, yes, the second – what is this? The second Thursday? I think the so. The second Thursday yeah. of the month, yeah. So it's on the second Thursdays of the month. Okay. Yeah, because you, mm-hmm. said, you, you said tonight, and I'm like, you kidding? Somebody's going to be listening to this on a Tuesday when it comes out, and they'll be like – it ain't on. I'll be like, no, 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 no. It's on this. Yeah, it's no, no. This is. It'll be on Thursday night, the thir- second Thursday of the month. So yeah, no, that's great. Thursday of the month. Elizabeth, I look forward to it. Thank you again. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. You bet. Stay blessed. Take care. Love the show. You've been listening to the Edited for Content podcast. Again, if you enjoyed it, let me know, share it, and come back again. Thanks for listening, my friend. Have a great day.